0: Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening.
1: Well, hey, everybody. We are just so glad that you're here with us, and I just got to check. Were you laughing with me or at me there a minute ago? <laughs> Hey, I just want you to know, I have feelings, too. So, anyway, take it easy there. A couple reasons that I am, like, extra excited for this new series that we're kicking off all in. One of it is it's going to culminate with our 20th birthday party that we're going to have here at Fox River, March 28th and 29th. You're not going to want to miss that. And, in fact, we'd like to be able to hear from you. If you've been around one year, if you've been around all 20 years or somewhere in between, what is one story that you have about Fox River and your time here? Maybe you've got a picture, a video clip that you can attach with that. Love to get those from you. It's just going to add to the fun that we're going to be doing. Easy to do. Go to our um, webpage, and right there you'll see an icon. You click right on it, and you're gonna, you can take it from there. The greater reason that I'm as excited as I am about this new series all in is because it. Flows right out of the two desires that Jesus has for each and every one of us, and when I say that, I hope you're immediately thinking, "Like, what are they? (laughs) Like, you know, what are the two desires of the risen Jesus for me in my life, as well as those around me?" And they would be this: first, that you would have life, and second, that you would have life to the full. Now. I want you to see these words of Jesus, and if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn there with me. It's one of two passages we're actually going to use from the Bible and going to today. If you've got it on your phone, just pull that out right now if you've got your Bible with you, or if you don't have a Bible with you, grab a pew Bible, and you can find that on page 1528. While you're turning there, I'll just add this real quickly. If you don't have a Bible of your own, then we just want to offer you the one you've got in front of you right now. Take that. Use it. I'm going to encourage you to take a couple notes in it today. Bring it back when you come. We'll get you the page number. If you're watching online, um, if you don't have a Bible, if you let us know, then we will get you one as well. John chapter 10, verse number 10 says this. Would you read it with me, everybody? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have and have it to the. Now, this is Jesus in his words speaking to us. John, who happened to be one of Jesus' three closest disciples, in the book that he writes, we call it the Gospel of John, it's actually the biography of Jesus. The core message of what John shares in that book is life. In fact, 40 different times in the book of John, Does he bring back life and the connection of Jesus and what he wants for us in our lives as well? Look at this. When John says, here's my bottom line, you know, kind of like the end of the book. He's already said this. He said, now there's way more things that Jesus did than what we're able to write. In fact, if you write them all down, it'd fill a library. Today he'd say it'd bust the internet. He goes into this statement, though. But these, that which... I've written in this book, I've written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have, say it with me, that's what I want for you to be able to have. That's Jesus' message for us. Tool. I just use this over and over again. I hope this is really helpful to you. In fact, um, take it with you when you go today. You're going to draw this out or just take a screenshot here in just a minute. This line would represent our life. Every one of us has a spiritual lifeline or spiritual journey. So everybody is somewhere on that journey today. On the line, I want you just to draw if you would. Cross. And then there's three words we're going to put on here. Once you to write the word before, once you to write the word receive. And then I want to write the word after. On this side of the line, before, you might want to just put a couple of hash marks and the reason I do that is before I ever received before anyone receives if you look back what you're going to discover is this that God was working in our lives long before we ever opened ourselves up to him in my case I was actually running the other way I mean you would say I was doing everything I could to rebel against God and deny God yet God was doing these certain things in my life giving me more and more opportunity to the place that I could receive Jesus. When we come to that point of receiving, what it is we're saying at this point in our spiritual journey is that we've come to a realization. The realization is this, that Jesus has done something for me. What he did on the cross, his going there, was purposeful. He went there to pay the debt of my sin. He went there to reconcile a broken relationship that I had with God. That's what he did. But this is my response. In fact, going back to John, what he said, he said to all who received him, that is Jesus, those that believe in his name, he, God the Father, gave the right to become children of God. We sang just a little bit ago no longer slave to fear because I'm a child of God. When does that happen? It happens when we receive. Jesus was speaking to an individual. Told him how important it was that he personally respond. He used the word born again at that that point. But then said this. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal, say it. Remember, this is the message. What does Jesus want for you? He wants you to have life. But whoever rejects his son will not see life, for God's wrath remains in him. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting what? Yeah, this is the eternal life that God wants for us, and it comes when we would open ourselves up and receive. If you happen to be um, receiving the verse of the day, and if you're not, I hope that you will. Go to Version, get that sent to you every day. Today, you got these words that, you know, texted to you. I got them at 6 in the morning that said this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the... Yeah, I'm the life. And by me, and only me, that you can come to the Father. For me... I received on February 12th, 1973. You had a time. If you've come to that point of receiving, that you'd be able to look back on. Maybe it was in church for you. Maybe you were at home. Could have been in your car. Maybe you went to a, you know, to a crusade. Maybe it was in a coffee shop. Maybe you're by yourself. Maybe you're with a friend. But you can remember that time that you responded and received. And when I throw out a date, February 12th, 1973, I happen to have it because somebody actually wrote it down for me, otherwise there's no way that I think I would remember that. Some people I, you know, interact with, they just go like, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure when that actually happened in my life. Now, we're not going to the point where we can just go like, well, I've always believed because this, these three are true for everybody. There was be before for everybody. There was a time of receiving before you can get to the, to the after there. But I was talking to Sheila. And in talking to Sheila, she's like, I just don't know when this happened in my life. So I drew this out real quickly, because it's just so helpful. If you want to tell your story, if you want to help anybody else, it's kind of like, go like, how does God work in my life? You just go to these three pieces. So I said, uh, Sheila, when you were in high school, where were you at? I mean, were you here or were you here? She said, in high school? Oh, for sure, I was over here. I'm like, okay. I said, how about college? Your freshman year in college. She said, I was way over here. I said, your sophomore year, still way over here. What about your junior year? She said, my junior year. You know, it was somewhere in second semester that I had a friend who just began to talk to me a little bit about the gospel, and as she thought about it, it and she goes like, it was somewhere just after second semester, my, my junior year, that's when I received so it kind of you know it helped it with clarity so if you kind of you can even work your way back to you know I know no no it was somewhere in this time and as I said this is wonderful for sharing your story my life before very colored time I received and then afterward do you remember the last time you shared your story Just, you know, told somebody, this is like my before, then I received Jesus, and here's what my life is afterward that way. If it's been a while for you, I encourage you, just ask God. God, would you give me an opportunity to share my story? Maybe it's with somebody else who already believed. Maybe it's somebody who hasn't, you know, believed yet in Jesus, but just to be able to share your story. I saw this happening last night when I just kind of threw it out, even after the service. And you could feel the energy and the buzz that was just in groups as they kind of reflected on this. So Jesus' desire for each and every person, for everyone here, is that we would have what? So we'd have life. And then he goes on. This isn't the end. So many times people think like, this is just like, this is a Christian life. It starts and ends right here. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I also want you to have life, and his words were these, to the full. After receiving Christ, he said, this is what I want for you. Now, we just go like, what does Jesus mean with that? The word that he used, the Gospel of John was written in Koine Greek, so we'll go back to that. The word that Jesus used was parissos. and it means this. It means abundant. So many times you'll hear me say, you know, Jesus said, um, I've come that you might have life and you might have it abundantly, because that's the, you know, the old version that I initially learned it in, kind of a default for me. He said, I want you to have it over and above. Parisos, I want you to have life that is Something more than you would have if you didn't have me in your life. I want you to have life that is uncommon. Now if we go back for just a second. John 10, verse 10. I think Jeff can get me there. Notice these two dynamics. Because it's easy just to read over the first and get to the second. There's a thief... And he is seeking to steal, to kill, and destroy. What is it that the thief wants to rob us of? Life. And if he can't keep you from this, and once you have this, he can't take that away from you, he can't steal it. Jesus said the thief, the enemy, Satan, wants to steal or undercut this in your life and unfortunately he can be really good at it you might be here today and going like i know that i've received jesus as my savior i really wouldn't say that i'm experiencing life to the full you are being robbed but jesus said i've come that you might have life and have it to the full different way different words that the scripture use of life to the full are these it's life that is truly life in fact this phrase is a now generational phrase in other words jesus gave it gave it to paul paul's given it to timothy to give to others so you got like four generations that are coming back to this i want you to make sure that you're having life that is truly life it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I'm going to ask us to actually turn our Bibles there. We're going to dig in just a little bit in this passage. But it ends with these words. So that they, so that you may take hold of, read it with me, the life. Read it with me. The life that is truly, what is it that Jesus wants you to have? Jesus wants you to have life. Jesus wants you to have life to the full. And what's he say about that? Some more specificity to it. First Timothy 6, if you're using the Pew Bible, page 1694 will get you there. It says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Can you believe that's in the Bible? Right there it is. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. In other words, it's going to make a difference for eternity and the future. And they want to be doing that so that they may take hold of the life that is truly Life. Now if you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write John 10.10 10, right after verse 19, somewhere in the margin there. Because life that is truly life is abundant life. That's what Jesus wants for us. Now before we can actually, you know, open up what is it saying, we want to know who is it saying it to. Right? So this passage is speaking. It says, command those who are what? You see it? Command those who are yeah, rich. So this is, this is a passage written to rich people. I'm going to ask you in a minute if you know any of them, if you know any rich people. To know what Paul was talking with Timothy about, and to step into that age, this is what it meant to be rich. In the Bible time, to be rich meant you were not homeless. In other words, there is somewhere that you knew you could go that night where you'd have a roof over your head. To be rich was to not have to worry about going hungry. So if you knew that you were going to be able to eat today and you knew that you were going to be able to eat tomorrow, these days, that meant you were rich. Not naked means that you had not only one set of clothes, but you had two. If you had the clothes that you were wearing and you had clothes at home, an extra set, you were. And it meant that you're not impoverished. You were not a person that's living in poverty. So that's what it meant to be rich when these words were written or who they were written to. Now if we contextualize a little bit today, what does it mean to be rich today? To be rich means that you're a person that can walk into a cell phone store with a cell phone that works and walk out with one that works better. That's rich. It means you're a person that can control your own transportation. Either words, you own a car or you're a person that can walk into a cell phone store and walk out with, with one that works better and be able to dial on it Uber. And Uber will take you wherever it is that you want to be able to go. If, in that day, you actually had money in the bank, you are like, uber rich no pun intended with that so knowing the standard of rich in that day and what would qualify us for rich today how many know somebody that's rich would you raise your hand if you're online raise your hand if you're watching campus raise your hand okay great cool now anybody have any idea what I'm going to ask next how many by the bible criterion and even the criterion that we shared How many in here would qualify for being rich? Would you acknowledge it now? How many are feeling good about this? Like, I walked in, I didn't even know. Like, man, I am a rich person. I feel like I'm really honored today speaking to all the rich people that are here. Like, almost a country club. Look at all the rich people that are here. Like, yeah. Now, if you look further in the passage, there's something that's said to the rich people. And this word just kind of grabs you. At least it grabbed me when I, when I was reading through it. It starts out with this word, command. We are to command the rich. So just think, how's it going to go if I'm up here? <clears throat> I command you rich people to... How many of your spirits just opened up to me? Please. You're like, walls are going up, right? You're thinking like... It doesn't work at home, and it's not going to work here either. So don't hear Guy commanding you to do anything. But we'll hear Jesus, the one who wants for us to experience this, to speak into our lives. The word itself is actually pretty rare in the New Testament. Now in the old testament you had all kinds of commands in fact there were 613 specific commands that you needed to follow in the old testament i love this part there are 365 thou shalt nots that means there's a thou shalt not for every day of the year no 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 no, no like and then other things you need to do in the new testament rarely see the word in fact it's strong the word is the word that used jesus commanded the evil spirit Come out of him. Jesus commanded the waves to be still. That's the word that's being used here. So what is it that Jesus would command of rich people? And then hang this in your mind. Why? Why would Jesus do any of this commanding too? This, you know, these strong words. Well, he begins with this. Command... Everyone who just raised their hand earlier. Don't be arrogant. Don't misplace where your hope goes. Because here's what things do. When we have extra resource, freedoms that we have, It's easy to slip into the mindset of, look at what I have done for me. In other words, I'm 100% responsible for the position, for the place that I am in life right now. God said like, really? I mean, didn't you remember earlier when it said, God who richly provides for us every good thing that we could enjoy? But it's easy to forget about God. We just look at, here's what I've done. We begin to think we don't need other people. We have the temptation to get somewhat judgmental of those that are impoverished or in poverty. We look, we look down on them. Not mean-spirited, right? But just, just kind of look at people and go like, you know, if you would just get your act together like I've got my act together, then you would, and all of a sudden we're like, We're in this judgmental place. We're kind of sliding into arrogance. It happens. Jesus said, don't go there. Be very careful you don't misplace your hope. Jim Carrey, I think, hit the nail on the head when he said this. Jim Carrey said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything that they ever dreamed of. You know, everybody's going like, I think so too. (laughs) Everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that it is not the answer. When you get it then you finally realize like, oh, this really isn't gonna cut it that way. But here's how easy it is for our hope, hope's all about the future, to get misplaced. If I were to ask you today, you know, just real quick, you know, gut check. How many of you feel more secure about the future if you have money in the bank? Kind okay, of just in your hands? How many of you feel more secure if you had money in the bank about your future? Okay, great. How many would feel even more secure if you had more money than you have right now in the bank about your future? Can I ask your hand? Yeah. Right? I mean, like, because if I got this, then I'm, I'm okay for the future. What are we hoping in, trusting in with regards to how the, how the future's going? I mean, see how easy it is to go like, oh yeah, and I guess I need God too, versus I've got God and this other part. That's nice. First thing Jesus' command. Don't be Be careful where your hope ends up because the other stuff is just so easy to slide into that. Then there's a second matter. Jesus said then, command the rich. He commands the rich. Why? Because this is what I want for you. Live generously reason that Jesus wants us to live generously, again, reference there, is this. That abundant life requires it. You may want to just write that down somewhere. We'll open it up a little bit more in a series, but abundant life requires generous living. Say it once with me. Abundant life requires generous living. There's three elements to generous living. Time, money, and love. Think about this. These are the things That the thief wants to use to steal this from you. If he can use time to keep you from life to the full. If he can use money. If he can use love or the lack of to keep you from this. Those are the things that he is going to focus in and target. Which is why Jesus says, here's what I want for you. Be generous with your money and in your giving. Giving is the, like, that's the easiest one of all to measure. For instance, if you just take, if you got an end-of-the-year statement. End-of-the-year statement just basically says this. This is what you gave this year. So 2019 would be the end-of-the-year statement. How many would feel good if you took your end-of-the-year statement, gave it to a trusted friend, you definitely want to trust them, right? And say, hey, this is my end-of-the-year statement. Tell me what it tells about me. How many would go like, yeah, I just, I'm going to do that as soon as I get home if you're going like, I don't think I want to do that. It may be that this is something that the thief is still using in our, in our lives. Like, I just I haven't learned how to, to be give or generous. I didn't realize just how important that was. Jesus said it's one of the things that's going to help you to live life to the full. Be generous, ready to give. There's a lot of different places we can give today. There really are. The place to begin with our giving is a place that's going to make an eternal difference. It's going to make a difference in other people coming to know Jesus. First place that our giving is targeted, Denise and mine, it's always to a local church. Because we know mission and then some of the other missions that go on from that. If you haven't begun giving yet, this is, there is zero shame or guilt here. Because Jesus doesn't guilt you into life to the full. But he wants to lead us into life to the full you haven't begun giving yet, here's one way that you can do it this year. In fact, I'd encourage you, if you haven't given yet, do this. Be a 2020 difference maker. It means give $20 each week for the year of 2020, and you will find that it is making a difference, making a difference in your life. It's making a difference in what is going on through your church home. For some, you may have been giving for a while, and it's going to be a different step for you. You might be taking, in your path of generosity, you may take a 90-day tithe challenge, which simply says this. For the next 90 days, I'm going to give 10% of tithe, 10% of my income, back to God. Because God said this. If you'll do it, then I will bless you. Now don't hear me say, don't hear me say, that God's going to give you more money. He may, but he may not. But do hear me say what God is saying. He said, at the end of 90 days, you're going to be able to look and say, I am more blessed for having done this than I would have been if I didn't give it. I am experiencing more of this because of this. And therefore, I just, I'm going to keep doing it. It's both worship, it's both discovery, because God said, I want you to discover my working in your life right now. We call it the challenge because at the end of 90 days, if it doesn't work out for you, tell me. If God hasn't blessed you, if you can't see that you're better off, well, i will just glad you give your money back. I mean, that's how much we believe in these words that Jesus gives to us and what God lays out for us in giving. He then takes us into time. The words there say, be rich in good deeds. We we'd put it this way, be rich in our service. We could do the same thing with an end-of-the-year statement, though we've never sent any of these out before, end-of-the-year statement with regards to good works or our serving? If you were to look at 2019, what would be on your end-of-the-year statement as to here's the time I've given in serving? Here's the time I've given in furthering God's kingdom, in furthering this message of the love of God in people's lives. Now, if you're going like, I don't really have much on my sheet yet. Maybe because for some... Giving is that, is like, this is the harder thing for me. For others, serving is a harder thing because time matters more. And we want to play a game going back and forth. Hey, I give, therefore I don't need to serve. Or I serve, therefore I don't need to give. Jesus didn't say that. He said, I want you to be rich. Generous living. I want you to be rich with your money. I want you to be rich with your time. He said, I want you to be rich with your love. So what do we do? How do we do this? Well, I'd invite you into one of the simplest and a fundamental place to start. Would you help us in doing what we're doing here? Would you help us in letting people know that our heart's Jesus? Hearts people, would you help us in letting people know that our message is Jesus? We've actually been gifted by God to be able to serve. Another message I know. But it means this, that God wants you to be doing good works involved in helping serving for you as well as for the work that goes on now if you're like how would i do that super simple here download the church app if you haven't done that hope you will anyways but then there's a you know one of the buttons join a team if you click on that you're gonna see like 15 different areas that you could help out right now we have hundreds of people that help every single week here but we could use your help too now sometimes we're thinking like well, I just don't have time to do it, right? I mean, it's, that's my first go-to. But if you went up to somebody else, I mean, because is this our assumption? Everybody that is serving here does have time? You walk up to them and say, hey, what's it like just to have time on your hands? <laughs> that person serving may hit you with their Bible. <laughs> Honestly, we have people serving here every week in pain. Because, I mean... They live their life, I mean, pain is a part of their life, but they've not let that stop them from stepping into keeping them from life to the full. See, a lot of times we hear Jesus saying something different than what he's saying. When we hear Jesus say, I want you to have life to the full, we're hearing him say something he isn't saying. We're hearing him say, that means you're going to have a pain-free life. You're not going to have troubles. You're not going to have difficulties in your life. Jesus is saying, I never said that. In fact, I said the opposite. You are going to have difficulties. You're going to have heartache in this world. But what I did say was this. This is a reality. This is a possibility. And this is the will of God for every one of us. But we don't want to keep ourselves from doing that. In fact, I'd say this. I've never said this before, but I mean, like, why don't we do a 90 day serving challenge? In other words, just try serving or helping in some area for 90, 90 days, next three months. And if you're blessed by doing it, keep on. And if you're not blessed, then don't. We schedule according to your schedule. It's not like I got to be every... No, like that's the reason we do scheduling so that everybody's able to fit in and. Be able to be a part of things again why at Fox River clearly our heart is people our message is Jesus why because it's about love it's about love the generous life it's in my giving it's in my serving it's in how I'm loving others there's I think a really cool story it's a beautiful story in my estimation I want to share it with you it's Nikki's story Nikki's story may be familiar to you because we began telling it last Christmas, Christmas Eve, if you're here for one of our Christmas Eve services and a part of our Christmas Eve offerings. If you weren't with us, here's what you'd want to know about Nikki. Nikki came with her parents to our country when she was 12 years old and became a citizen at that time with her mom and her stepdad. At age 17, Nikki was horrifically raped. Later, miscarried, lost her baby. Just sent her into a really, really dark place. And again, this is, this is her story. She was prescribed, to be able to help her, Percocet. To help her with the pain, the physical and emotional pain in her life. But the prescription of Percocet led to an addiction to Percocet that led to dealing in drugs to be able to support the addiction that then led to a seven-year incarceration. While she was in prison, around year three, somebody asked her, like, hey, Nikki, like, do you even know who Jesus is? And she's like, no. And that began in a looking, a little bit of a search in her life. A year later she trusted and received Jesus as her savior. A little after that, Gail, I love Gail. Gail is someone who just goes into prison to share the love of God, the message of Jesus, with women who are there. Well, she met Nikki there. Struck up, you know, friendship began to disciple her. And so when Nikki was released December 3rd, this is this past year, 2019, Nikki's out now on the street, little to her name, Nowhere to go, but she's got an immigration issue because they had misspelled her name initially. She's now facing thousands of dollars to be able to even live life here and get this whole thing straightened out. So I think he would say, I know what it was like to be bankrupt. I know it was like before to be bankrupt spiritually. And it's at this point Gail nominated her to be a part of our Christmas Eve offering, and you and your generosity. You stepped up, you stepped in, and Nikki became one of the recipients of Generous Living. And this, then, is her story.
0: Well, hey, Fox River. I am here with Nikki and Gail, and we want to give you an update.
1: I have known Nikki for about two and a half years, and I have um, really gotten to know her. I've seen her grow in her spirituality, and when I knew she was getting out of prison, she was going to need help. Um, I don't think either one of us knew how much because um, we're dealing with a lot of government issues and it's 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 almost like a full-time job. And so I am so grateful that I am able to help her.
0: You were hoping to get a job. You were hoping to enroll for school. Your dreams are to... Um get all this immigration paperwork taken yeah. care of and be done? Is there anything you can tell us as an update? So all of the paperwork is taken care of. Woo-hoo! It's sent out. Um, as for the job, so it's hard because the bus is far from here. Um, so, you know, either her or Paul has to take me to the park and ride to get me to where I needed to go. But someone from your church actually just gave me a job yesterday, and it's um residential cleaning and... I worked with her for the first time yesterday, and I'm so grateful because your church has been the people there. Like, there's people that have brought me clothes. There's people that come and pick me up for Bible study on Tuesday nights. The people that celebrate recovery. Like, the people at your church are just absolutely amazing. And I never thought, like, that people would care. Like, you know, there's a stigma because I've been locked up for seven years and the amount of people that have just like gone out of their way to care for me it's i would have never thought in a million years that god would move people's hearts to do things like that i just want to say thank you because everything that we've been given god gave it to us and the fact that you are willing to step out in faith and give everybody needs money Um, to give of something that you need to someone you don't even know, that act of faith changes the whole world. And I just want to say thank you for believing in me and showing me that you really are the hands and feet of God. And I hope that he blesses everyone that has blessed me.
1: generous living leads to life to the full with us with others now you wouldn't know this for sure if we didn't tell you but when Nikki received that again after several you know several tears that came down and her great appreciation her response was this reaching for a purse she said may I please give my first gift that I've ever given to any organization to our church be able to help others to know Jesus too three questions when do you want life to the full if Jesus offers this to us you may be in middle school thinking Man, I can hardly wait till I get to that point, whether I'm in high school or college or a young adult. This is Jesus' word. It is available now. High schooler, young adult, are you ready for it? If you don't have it, I mean, if you know for sure, I have received Jesus, I've received life, but I am not experiencing this now, question is, Has the thief robbed you? Has he used time, money, love? There's something that he has just come in. And you're like, I don't have this. Then it's time for me to make sure that I am all in with Jesus and I'm just putting that stake in the ground like right now. Jesus, if it's what you want for me, I'm all in with you. Can we even afford not to be living generous lives? Today may be the day that you come to this realization that what He did on the cross was for me. God has brought you here through whatever means, but today is your time of decision. If that's the case, I'm going to invite you to respond in this prayer of just receiving Jesus Christ. If you have received him, to be able to say, Jesus, can we continue in this? The depth of what is on this simple image, the depth of what Jesus did for us, we're going to grow in for the rest of our lives, but the depth of eternal life and life to the full right now is something as long as you follow Jesus you're going to discover in new ways He wants that for each and every one of us so I want to invite you into this prayer with me and in time of communion together let's pray Jesus that you came for these two purposes to provide for us eternal life, that which we could never do for ourselves, forgiveness restored relationship that's been broken with God the Father. And then to give us life beyond that. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are the risen Lord. And that you are as serious as a heart attack for us with this now. If you're ready today to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Acknowledging that you need the work that he did on the cross for your sin. The forgiveness of it. And I'm going to ask you, we you just lift a hand saying, Guy, today, for the first time, I am ready and desirous to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. We just lift it up and hold it there for a second. In fact, wave at me for just a little bit as it's a little bit darker in here and harder to see. Yeah. Others, in each of our campuses online, just indicate that there. So cool thank you Jesus for life and now for all of us that have received it thank you for the promise of life to the full when we are stepping into or coming all in for you we love you and pray these things in your name and everybody in agreement said Hey, Fox River, for those that have just opened themselves up, trusted Jesus as their Savior, can we just show our support, our love, our appreciation?
0: We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you. And hope you join us again soon.